Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are getting ready for a big game against the Clippers on Friday. LeBron James is sending out cryptic tweets and THT is slumping. All that and more coming up on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Get this thing up bright and early for you. So no matter where you are, uh, working the night shift, working the early morning shift, working something in between, you have the, op- the opportunity to listen to this podcast first thing, then make another Locked On podcast your second listen after, of course, Andy making us your first listen. Very important that we're the first. Damn one. right. Um, all right. So uh, we want to talk about THT today. Um, if you may remember, uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, he he burst back on the scene. Um, and we were very excited, and he was playing extremely well, and he is not doing those things anymore. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the impact that has. I want to get into Malik Monk a little bit because um, his game on what day is it? So his game on Wednesday, right? Wednesday, Tuesday. when they beat the Kings, yes, stomp the Kings. Tuesday, Tuesday uh, was excellent. He said some some interesting stuff about kind of adjusting to a championship defensive culture that uh, that is that is very relevant. But let's start here, Andy. Nobody is better, few people at least, are better at sending out weird, whether passive-aggressive, whether cryptic, or whatever tweets that are going to get people's attention than our very own LeBron James here on the Lakers. Uh, LeBron, of course, is in the COVID protocols now. Um, Not a lot of information out about that yet. Sends out this tweet. <laughs> At least not information that Anthony Davis isn't sharing right. during post-game pressers. Where, That's true. Uh, where Dr. Davis uh, let us know that according to LeBron, he's asymptomatic, which is good. Hopefully things stay that way because that at least pretends well towards a quicker recovery and LeBron back on the court faster. Right. If, if you are asymptomatic, you can return to play with two negative COVID tests uh, separated by 24 hours. So, uh, and also it just hopefully means that he's feeling fewer effects period, which means the recovery, getting back on the court, less ramp up, uh, fewer side effects. You know, it's just asymptomatic is better in this, (laughs) in this scenario. I like Dr. Dr. Kamenetsky says that (laughs) asymptomatic is better than symptomatic. (laughs) Yes. Dr. Davis. I concur. Right. (laughs) By the way, fit one of my favorite moments in uh, catch me if you can, which is a very underrated DiCaprio movie. If you haven't seen it, um, when he's pretending to be a doctor, (laughs) just all he can come up with is I concur. But anyway, um, so LeBron sends out at his King James Twitter feed, the the thinking person you know emoji, emoji. Um, with something is real fishy with fishy being spelled out with five different types of fish emoji going on i don't know what he means no do you know what he's referencing andy well i mean i i gave this some thought it could be a lot of different things because again lebron is being very intentionally purposely vague because he wants a conversation to be generated. It could mean he just got an aquarium. He's got some free time right now. That was my initial thought. I mean, by the way, you know that my ultimate FU money purchase, like I I am not somebody that gets that into clothes. I'm not really into cars. Like a lot of the typical toys that people, when they come into money, want, 
you know, I'm not above getting them and maybe I would, but it's not what I dream about. What I dream about is like a 200 gallon wall aquarium that, you know, would cost thousands of dollars a month to upkeep. Like maybe that's mm-hmm. what LeBron's getting. I would be incredibly jealous. Well, like you need you a need- trained diver. Oh yeah, who goes absolutely. in every day to feed the fish. This isn't yes. one of those things where you open up the lid and sprinkle in some. Oh food. yeah, I mean, I'm talking about Brian having fish that are frankly dangerous to have in my <laughs> home. Like if, if something goes wrong, um, LeBron could be going pescatarian. Uh, we Possibly. know he takes extremely good care of his body. He might be reaching a place where he realizes he's got to cut out the old red meat. Um, could be watching Aquaman. It is part of the HBO Max family with. Uh, Warner Brothers, LeBron is a Space Jam guy. So, you know, he and I guess Jason Momoa would be uh, familia that way. Um, could be him uh, saying that, wait, I just took another PCR test and it came back negative. Mm. Something fishy's going on. Like, what? how did I end up testing positive in the first place? That would be a great scenario. He could be saying, hey, why did I get a uh a positive test. If I got this negative one, could the league, as it always does, be conspiring to keep the Lakers down and out of the playoffs? Because that is exactly what the NBA wants, is the Lakers not involved in the highest profile moments. Also, too, all kidding aside, um, and this is where I think LeBron, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to eventually uh, clarify what he means. Um, There are some people speculating that this could be LeBron who has said that he is vaccinated, uh, expressing some vaccine skepticism because, right, if you recall, he said he was kind of hesitant about doing this, but ultimately decided it was best for him, his family, the team. Um, the uh, the old Clay Travis retweeted LeBron and said, LeBron coming out as a COVID vaccine skeptic and he and I becoming buddies because of this is the plot twist the internet needs. Uh, no, Clay, it is not. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what uh, he is is trying to do here. That I would, Clay yes, Travis put that isn't? out today. Yes, Clay Travis oh, put that out today. I really, I really don't like talking about other members of the media. I don't. I, it's like this. This is hard work, and there are people who do this in different ways than I do. Um, who are you know who have different POVs? Who all these things just do it that I that I that not my that are not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like talking about him. I, I, Clay Travis is, is the worst. Uh, I respect, I guess what he's built, like he built the thing. So like kudos to him. He's very successful, but man, the way he did it, but I, am pretty sure that LeBron is not trying to, uh, get in league with, uh, with him. I, I do think though, there is a possibility at least that he is looking at, and I, like you said, that perhaps he is testing negatively. The only reason I, and I bring this up is, you know, my kids are, are tested weekly at school. Um, you know, that's part of the, you know, the bad protocols uh, in, in Los Angeles. And about half of the uh, tests that have come back positive that have prompted some sort of, you know, quarantine period or whatever were false positives. So it is, hopefully that is, yeah. uh, that would be great news for the Lakers. That happened at my daughter's school as well. Gotten. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but either way, I, I, kudos I mean, to the, uh, aquarium or the going pescatarian I mean, or whatever it might be. But again, this is this is why it's important to clarify, though, at some point, just because it's there is a serious subculture when it comes to the pandemic in general with skepticism and misinformation and all that sort of stuff. And I don't remember who, but I saw somebody pointing out on Twitter, like, could this be the moment where LeBron and Enos Kanter 
uh, or Enos Cantor Freedom uh, end up on Fox News together. Like, like this is where it's sort of like the Venn diagram ends up making a complete circle in the two of them. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? am like, pretty sure, again, that's not, I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure I know what it isn't, and I think right. it's not that. I, I tend to agree, too, and we may end up having that LeBron-Enos conversation at some point later in the week, but it's, look, don't get me wrong, we're obviously having fun with the speculation, but you do want to make sure with something like this in particular, it doesn't get too crazy. But just well, you just you don't. I mean, I think LeBron. LeBron is certainly very smart about this sort of thing. You don't want to be co-opted. I mean, without diving into the the freedom thing, Cantor freedom thing. Part of our criticism of him, and in while I think there's a lot of genuinely praiseworthy things that he's been doing around human rights and, and all that stuff, is that he is being sort of willingly co-opted by people who have no interest in what he's interested in. Um, and I think LeBron is very sensitive to that. So if this isn't the thing, then obviously I think he would want to clarify. Um, I mentioned the Clippers, Andy, um, because that game on Friday is becoming something that's sort of emblematic of what's happening right now in the Western Conference. So I want to touch on that real quick before we get to Malik Monk and THT. We'll do all that coming up next. Andy, we've all been there. Like you, you have interest in something, you, you subscribe to you get the free trial, you get the, maybe the first year or whatever it might be. And then you kind of forget about it and you don't realize your subscriptions are piling up. And the, meanwhile, these corporations, these companies are pocketing your money and you can take control of this. You can get that control back. You download Truebill and Truebill is the new app that lets you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or just forgot about, which happens. That's how I ended up with nine years of cat fancy. Exactly. Um, at least you had a cat at one point. On average, though, people save uh, up to a, a $720 a year Ooh, la, la. with... <laughs> <laughs> says lid for every pot. Um, $720 a, a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Yeah. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Uh, again, um, you know, what you do behind closed doors, Andy, is really your business. So link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted uh, cat porn <laughs> subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash no judgments, Andy. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. I feel they got their money's worth. <laughs> so um, everybody knows the Lakers have struggled uh, to this point this year. That is not a secret, but um, the, the middle of the Western conference, very interesting to look at like how this is going to go. Like from a basketball playing standpoint, the Lakers are a very healthy portion behind Phoenix, Golden State and Utah in the Western conference. And increasingly, at least at this point of the year, you know, there's seven games behind Golden State, you know, 23 games in, that's actually a pretty big gap. Um, what, what is kind of fascinating though, is the middle of the conference, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Timberwolves. Um, yeah, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Lakers are separated by a half a game. Met Dallas and Memphis in there as well. Um, the, you know, Portland today uh, on on Wednesday learned that that Damian Lillard's going to be out for a little bit with uh, he's got his own sort of ab muscle connected to the hip bone sort of problem. Um, you know, the Clippers are all banged up. There is a tremendous pile up in the in the western conference and it's just a reminder that as bad as things are going for the lakers right now they're kind of going bad 
for a lot of teams. Like everybody is having a little trouble getting out of the gate. You know, Denver has been throttled by injuries, and now we'll learn that Michael Porter Jr. is out for the year. Uh, I don't know what this necessarily means for the Lakers in terms of getting to the top of the conference, but it does at the very least make the likelihood of despite having a very slow start that they can at least have one round at home. Um, even if you don't think that they could catch Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah at the top of the conference, they're still you know, like the the idea that they're going to be like automatically now fighting for the play in or something like that is no. I mean, they really they could very easily end up a four seed, you know, or better. Like, there's still a lot of of hope here. Is is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, the, there's about sixty or so games left, so that is actually a fair amount of time to figure out who you are as a team and get your act together and, you know, start playing at a high level, even if it isn't necessarily reflected in your seed. And and I don't, I, I'm not going to say that I think like in years past where I really didn't think seeding mattered that much with the Lakers or home court mattered that much with the Lakers. I think for a team like this, that doesn't really have any type of track record to fall back on as a collective, that stuff may actually matter more than in years past, but what really matters most is you're playing well. Because ultimately, if you're going to win a championship, you got to be able to win games on the road anyway. You probably have to pull off some type of, if not upset, something where you are a slight underdog at some point during the playoffs. And like every single champion that ever has been crowned, you're going to need a little bit of luck along the way. So far, the Lakers have had largely just bad luck uh, compounded by a roster that if nothing else will yeah. require a lot of figuring out. Mm-hmm. But you are correct that, I mean, they haven't lost that much ground. I guess the greatest ground. Well, they've lost, the they've lost a tremendous amount of ground relative to the top of the conference. But yeah, but my, well, to your well, point though, I just said they don't even need to play that well right away to be able to keep that first round home court in play. So they, they they have I think even a little bit more wiggle room um, they, to get to the place where you're talking about to where they can be playing really well when the playoffs come around, um, you know because they they they're not as buried as as I think fans might feel like they are just based on the on the start. Yeah, I mean the the greatest ground Brian that they ultimately may have lost is just the ability to capitalize on a soft schedule, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I mean th- this is where they are right now. Some of this has been within their control. Some of it has been honestly just crappy luck, but it is what it is. Um, so Malik Monk has played very well over the last uh, you know few games. Uh, he was very good on uh, on on Tuesday. Hit I believe five of the six three pointers the Lakers had in the entire game. He's somebody I think we both talked about benefits when a guy like Avery Bradley isn't there and there isn't that sort of quick hook available um you know he's going to play because there aren't a whole lot of other options but he talked after the game in terms of like as we sort of try to figure out who is going to be the players who are going to be the players who stay in the rotation who can contribute significant minutes um about defense and that was obviously a big portion of what they talked about after the game you know the, the change from the first half to the second half and getting to that championship level, and they certainly showed you know high-end defense on Wednesday on, in the second half, Monk talked about how he sort of gets lazy sometimes. And I mean more like lazy and you know 
following through for 24 seconds. Not like he doesn't care. I think that's what he means. This stuff is really hard. And for a guy like Monk, for players like Westbrook, for Carmelo Anthony, for some of these other guys, there's a real learning curve that goes beyond just, you know, um, caring, you know, being interested in defense. Like you have to train your body to pick up and keep doing all of that stuff for 24 seconds. You have to then train your mind and your body to understand the things that you're supposed to be seeing. And I just get the distinct impression, Andy, that he was not asked to do those things at the same level in Charlotte as he's being asked to do them now. Well, Uh, I mean, he's trying. I mean, he may have been asked to do it because he fell in and out of the rotation and, and he and uh, James Rigo had issues uh, during their time. So, I mean, there there might have been at least one occasion where he said, hey, Malik, would you mind playing a little defense? And uh, it <laughs> got a little order. Right. But, you know, when you're talking about the culture that the Lakers do not have yet, uh, they are not a championship culture yet, um, in part because this is a brand new collective, in part because they are playing nowhere close to a championship uh, level team, but in terms of just championship aspirations, where you know you had a realist, you, if nothing else, it felt sensible that people would talk about you as part of that grouping. Forget the fact that Malik Monk has never been to the playoffs before. Malik Monk has never been on a team with a winning record. He's never yeah. been on a team with a five hundred record, other than this one. You know, just recently. I mean, like this is actually. Believe it or not, among the better teams Malik Monk has ever been on in his career. So just that in and of itself, like just, you know, the the expectations within the locker room and externally are just way different than anything he's ever dealt with. I guess probably going back to college. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know what they asked him to do at Kentucky, but like when it's, it's they asked him to win a lot of win. games. And, you know, please keep those those paper bags that we give you out of sight. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. There's, I'm, I'm not implying that Malik Monk was, was on the take. I'm just implying the college sports take are dirty for him, man. I mean, it's fine with me. I don't care. I'm just saying I'm implying that there's some dirt going on in college sports. Um, anyway, I'm willing to bet there was some dirt going on in Kentucky. It's Kentucky, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm glad these guys can make money now without yes. that stuff. Yeah. So, but like, just it's, it's, it is where like I saw, you know, a bunch of like, you know, Mo Dekeel does it and and Tim at Lakers Exceptionalism podcast. A lot of people do great video breakdowns of where people make mistakes. And like you'll see some of these things, like Monk making a bad rotation, THT making one 16, 17, 18 seconds into the clock. And it's a reminder, NBA level defense, when you try when you need to do it at a really high level, is incredibly hard. And it's really hard, particularly when you're not guarding the ball. And that is where guys like Monk, guys like THT, I think struggle more than anything with the types of principles and the discipline that's required to do this. And I just thought it was, I thought it was really interesting to just hear him say, like, I get lazy, I think mentally sometimes about this stuff. And you forget, like, these guys care and he knows, like, this is how he stays on the floor. Um, And even then he still will have those lapses. If he can patch that stuff up and get that muscle memory. And he's been better. He's been better lately. Yeah. Um, it, it is an encouraging sign for their ability to use him in the sort of the the good end. Because we had talked about at the beginning of the year, like the range of roles for him from, I don't know if he's going to play to huge role coming off the bench or even starting if, you know, depending on how this all shakes out. If he understands that stuff and internalizes it, he can really work towards that massive impact, which would be great to see 
uh, both for him and the Lakers. Uh, all right, Andy, let's get to the unpleasant stuff. THT has been really bad for the last seven or so games. Uh, we need to talk about it, and we'll do that next. Do you hear that sound? And as always, no, please let I me didn't. know if you do. Actually, I didn't, literally did not hear that sound. Oh, well, well, if you did hear that sound, you would know why it makes me smile, because it is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform that lets you start, run, and grow your business. Subscription-based software allowing anyone to set up an online store, sell products. Shopify store owners can also sell in the physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app and accompanying software. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and established businesses alike can synchronize online and in-person sales and stay effortlessly informed. Reaching customers online and through social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Back better than ever with a new web interface for the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. So you may remember, Andy, when THT came back, he was a house of fire. And we, you know, the, the impact was profound and it was noticeable and like it, it was exciting. Like it was, it felt like a real potential turning point in the Lakers season with their rotation. The seven subsequent games have been generally pretty bad. Mm. Um, Would you like some numbers, Brian? Please. Over the last seven games, Taylor Horton Tucker has been averaging 5.6 points per game on roughly 27% shooting from the field, 13% from behind the arc, a shade over three assists against just 1.3 turnovers, which is actually not bad, but man, does it feel like he's turned them all over way more than that. And here's the, I think, a real kicker, Brian. During this period, he's averaging just 1.1 free throws per game. He's he's two on the season, but during that three-game stretch where he really raised a lot of eyebrows, he was averaging four per game. Um, and he's got, yeah. a, over the last seven games, a net rating of minus – 7.6. Um, uh-huh. For the first three games, he averaged 23.3 points per game, which was not realistically sustainable. But he's now down on the season to 10.5 points per game, which really illustrates how bad it's gotten because that is a huge drop over just seven games. Like yep. you got to really, really struggle to go from 23.3 to 10.5 over seven games. That's just math. I mean, you know, you, you want to break it down more. The offensive rating over those seven games, uh, seven is the, is the fourth worst on the team, along with guys like Reeves, who has only played like 12 minutes. So give the kid a break uh, or, you know, play two games, I should say, averaging 12 minutes. And then Avery Bradley, uh, who we all know uh, has not had a great impact on the offense and DeAndre Jordan, who is is also not terribly popular. So this is not company you want to be in from an offensive standpoint. If you're THT, who is, you know, 
thought of as one of the guys who can really elevate the team's offense. And, you know, it, it's a reminder. Friday, I think you you pointed out and other people have, Friday I think will be his 82nd yep. regular season game as a pro, spread yes, over three it, years. Yes, it will be. Um, it is a distinct reminder that at turning 21 last week, THT is an incredibly young player. And the the hope that he would be capable of being a really a high impact player this season for the Lakers is not the same thing as making that hope a realistic expectation. And I think after the shine of those first three games has worn off, we're at a place now where you have to assume that maybe it happens by the end of the year, the playoffs. He's really, you know, 60 more games, like you pointed out. And, and he didn't have training camp and so on and so on and so on, but you can't count on it. And you can't count on him being a night in, night out, consistent contributor in the way that the Lakers are looking for someone to do that as a two-way player, particularly as a two-way player. Well, I mean, here here's the problem, though. It is totally understandable and even reasonable that he would be going through these growing pains. Again, this will be on Friday, the 82nd game, regular season game of his career. That is one full season's worth of basketball. You would not expect somebody with those few games under their belt to be a critical piece for a team with championship aspirations, except the way this team was built by design, it's also unacceptable for him not to be a critical part of a team with championship aspirations, fair and realistic or not. Like this is the way the team was built. It was built for him to play that type of role. And if he's not capable of doing it this season, which by the way, as you noted, he could very well could. And you and I have been broadly speaking, very high on THD. We both I think he's, like I mean, him. I think he's a good player. And I, I, I think, you know, a lot of his errors are errors of commission rather than omission. He's trying too hard. He's trying to force things. He's being, he's very aggressive. I like the smoothness of his game. I like his willingness to guard anyone. Um, I think he takes defense seriously, but sure. we just talked about it. It's really hard. It took Kyle Kuzma a long time to learn how to be. And granted, I think Kuz was starting from a lesser place than THT, but it took him a long time seasons to become a guy who is a pretty reliable defender and is playing very well defensively this year for Washington. You know, it, it, these are not instant things, especially on defense. Right. And look, maybe his thumb is bothering him again. There's been a few times where it's looked like he's banged it up and, you know, that can be really painful. It's on his dominant hand. It can, it's the only thing that separates us from the animals, Andy, are opposable thumbs. Exactly. Um, but again, the way this roster's built he has to be that guy. And if he's not capable of doing that this season, then you really start looking back at the domino of choices along the way. And not just them choosing him over Alex Caruso, who clearly is ready to play that type of role and has been killing it with the Bulls. But like you can even, I, I just remember Kyle this. Lowry. I was just about to say with Kyle Lowry, the deal that wasn't with THP by THT by multiple reports, uh, reports as the sticking point. Like they are all in with THT, not just down the road where again, I think they're very confident and rightly that 
within three years, he's going to be a very, very good, reliable player. But right now, they're all in with him right now and because they have no other choice. And it's, he's, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, you know, I, I know at the beginning of the year we talked about, you know, you want him to be that player. You want, you're, you're paying him to kind of be that player. But in theory, they had a little bit of a safety net. You know, you have Trevor Ariza around. You have Kent Bazemore around. You have a – the Nunn. problem is these these other guys, they, they, there is so much speculative movement in the offseason where you're signing guys that make a lot of sense, but you're kind of doing it with your fingers crossed and hoping that if I throw 10 things at the wall, five of them will stick and we'll have a, really, you know, a, a reasonable rotation. Bazemore hasn't worked out. He still could. Um probably more reliant, I think, as you've made this point a bunch of times, on having LeBron in the lineup than anybody else that's that's there. Um, but it hasn't worked. Ariza hasn't played. We'll see what it looks like when he comes back. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. God knows when he... So, with each one of those dominoes that doesn't work, it increases the importance of THT. Looks currently like Malik Monk might be coming around and responding to some of the, the elevated need. THT is not. Um, and as much as this team is the big three, like, obviously that is where all of this starts and and finishes And Anthony Davis. We spent an episode talking about how he needs to be better and more aggressive and more just impactful. Even when he's putting up numbers, just kind of feel it more. Um, these other guys do matter. And, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, he'd almost been better off just not playing as well, quite in those first three games, you know? (laughs) <laughs> it changed the expectations so much when he came out and just crushed it. Well, for three I games, mean, it's like holy hell! The ex- they got a, you know near near six man of the year. Yeah, except the expectations were already there the minute he signed that contract. I mean, they just were. And when when you looked at the way this roster is constructed, and again, there is plenty of time for this to get going. We are not declaring THT a bust. Oh God, no. Oh God, but no, but it's. It's really important that he be a reliable key part yeah. of this team. Like yeah, they have no other can, choice. We can quit on this. It's just like whether it's THC coming back and that feeling like the jolt. Like there's there's been this hope that like something would kind of just click things into place. Um, I don't want to say jump the line, but just accelerate this process, which has been so joyless all year long. Accelerate it in a way where you could feel more hopeful. And that was one of those moments, and it just really probably wasn't fair. Maybe, though, that's what LeBron was talking to. Maybe he was talking about uh, THT's play of late. It's fishy, Andy, uh, that it's not going well. THT's throwing games? I don't know. Maybe. Point shaven? <laughs> Could be. Actually, I made that joke on Twitter. It would be much more comforting if their early season struggles were really... We talked about how they haven't covered a spread like basically all year. They've been the worst team against the spread in the NBA. I would feel much more comfortable if point shaving actually was the answer to that than I would be by all the other explanations, which ultimately come down to they're not that good (laughs) right now. Point shaving would be a relief. I hear what you're saying, except if after the bag he got, THT is still point shaving for money. That's yeah. that's disturbing, but just as a team, like I would feel more comfortable about that. Um, so we'll 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 keep an I eye mean, out. Actually, for some... with the collective money that a lot of these dudes have made over the course of their career, again, 
kind of disturbing. <laughs> I mean, like if the thunder that, are if the thunder are point shaving, other than like Shea Gilgis Alexander, I totally get it. Okay, there's a lot of those dudes who may not be in the league, you know, for yeah. ten years. I mean, that is a reasonable count. I, I am. I mean, twenty three games. A damn Andy, billionaire. I'm, <laughs> I'm grasping for straws for things to be like, encouraged about. Come on, like there, there's like seven or eight guys on this team mm. who've made like a hundred million plus over the course of their careers, like. Come on. Okay. Yeah. I think even Wayne Ellington's made like $70 million. I don't think he's quite, but no, he's made enough. I, I, it's possible I didn't think this through. <laughs> yes, I think it's quite. Anyway, uh, make Locked On Bets your second listen of every day um, <laughs> after making Locked On Lakers your first. Uh, again, for, we appreciate everybody doing that. The support the podcast has gotten. Uh, and uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube, we'll see everybody on Friday. Wayne Ellington's made $50 million. I need a need to point shave. <laughs> I think that's fair. Okay, we'll see everybody Friday.